I would say I was I wasn't forced into sex at all. How do you cope with being a nursing student and learning women like they're actually doing something like making real impact? Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, your <so> point. <laughs> Welcome to Codecan Pod from Codecan Nigeria the Dev, where we bring you tech news, reviews, and interviews from software development, beginners, and experts. Hello everyone, I am Temitoko Ajiboye and with me on this podcast is a software developer. Her name is Kalu Ngozi. So um, please tell us a bit about yourself. How and when did you venture into tech? Hi everyone. Um, thank you for being. So my name is Ngozi. Kalu and um, a software engineer. I attended um, Federal Polytechnic Um Then I also attended Southwestern University for BSc. So, um, um, okay, like I said before, I'm a software engineer. So you said, um, when did I join tech, right? Yeah, when did you venture into tech? Okay, so I'll say on and off, like the very first time I started learning or I started learning programming, I got into programming work in 2013. That was the first time I learned how to write. That was such a long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was during my IT. That was my IT days. So, but um, professionally and full-time, Full time it was twenty seventeen that I started. So So it's it's safe to say that you have about um, three years of experience working professionally as a software developer sure. or engineer. Correct. Okay. I okay. have three years of professional experience, yes. Okay. So um when you introduce yourself you said you are a software de- uh, engineer. Okay, so because uh, a lot of time uh we are, we are used to the term software developer. So can you briefly tell us about your job title? What do you do day to day? Are you a front-end software engineer, a back-end software engineer, or a software engineer? Are you a full stack software engineer? Okay. Okay. I'm not a full stack. I'm not a front-end I'm a back-end developer, so um, front um, developer engineer. I, I I'm using them interchangeably. So I'm a front. I'm sorry. I'm a back-end um developer. Yeah. So I code for the back-end. I code for what you cannot see. I code for the for the business logic for the functionality. I don't know how to do designs that the user can see. So I'm back-end developer. So you you basically code um the engine of a business exactly the driving force of driving. that's a lot yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of power on your hands right well <laughs> unfortunately for 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 us that's what the user cannot see so the users can only see the front end and that's always what they appreciate <laughs> okay so i hear i hear a lot of conversations about people saying that 
uh, backend developers are not appreciated enough. Is that true? Um, I don't think so. I uh, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think backend developers are not appreciated enough. You know, um, for example, take um, Twitter, for example. Um, if you're a front-end developer or you do UI designs, there's a high chance that your work gets a lot of recognition. Yeah. In contrast to being a backend developer. Don't you think so? Yeah, okay, I understand. Yes. In that aspect, yes. I mean, if you're a front-end developer, it's easy for you to have something to show. Exactly. You should. So, uh, so if your work is visually appealing, yeah, then it's mm-hmm. possible it gets a lot of um, people. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so what difficulties have you faced on your way in tech? Have you ever ever felt like you are not treated as equal, and especially you know? Um, the gender imbalance in industries today. So, yeah. have you ever felt like you have not been treated like you are equal? Okay. Um, not really. I've actually not felt like I've. I've not really felt that gender bias thing throughout my journey. You know, like I've not felt it at, at all. I have felt it, but not from um a business entity. Not like from a company. I've not experience that gender bias from the company but i have i have experienced it from colleagues when um they they, they feel because you're female you will not be able to do some stuff and um they won't be able to trust some things into your hand or they feel like some people feel like man you're female and man you you, ha- you, you, you would want to um you spend your time slaying <laughs> more than <laughs> coding so because of it, they just have that mindset that. Okay, uh, so so uh, I get what you mean. So I want to uh, digress a little. So um, my question will be that if you were not into tech, what is the likely profession you would find yourself? What is it likely that you find yourself? I'm curious to know. Hmm. Well, if I have my way. Like I'm not in tech, and I have my way. I'll be in the entertainment industry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you probably be a singer. No, not singer. Not singer. I I actually know how to write um um movie scripts, and how to write okay. scripts, and how to figure stories out of my head and put them down. So probably I would try to look for my way into that that industry and yeah use the talent that I, I feel like is a talent that i have because growing up i was i was able to do that growing up learning. So. okay so over on uh, twitter we have seen some uh a lot of folks do something they love on the side some are djs some are uh mcs okay. or ceremony so uh what is the what is your side also what are those things that you do on the side that and you enjoy aside tech? Uh, I'll say two. One is makeup. I actually learned makeup because I want to. I like it. 
I like to, I when I see um, beautiful makeup on girls' faces, I appreciate it a lot. So I had to learn to be able to do it. That's one. Then two it would be writing um, the the script I mentioned earlier. So those are things that, although that one is just something I do by the side, not it's not fetching me any money yet. Okay. So, but you do enjoy it quite alright. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, you, uh, in your introduction, you didn't mention where you work. Can you tell us exactly where you work, or is it so um? And information that you wouldn't like to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, I work with um, a company in Nigeria called Cavista, and Cavista okay. is um, a global partner to Access. So Access okay. is a company in Dallas, in, in the US, that focuses on building software for the health sector. So. Um, yeah so, okay so uh, my guess is that you work as a back-end developer there yes okay so um how long did it take you to arrive to being a back-end developer there and was there any significant difficulties that you face along the way uh, um, difficulties could be that uh, maybe before you hit the interview you had to study a lot. Yeah. Or maybe you had to, uh, over the years, to become a seasoned backend developer, you had to do a lot of um, stuff, a lot of uh, development. So, um, what are those significant difficulties and how long did it take you to be a backend developer at Access? Okay. Uh, I don't know how long it took me because. I from the time I applied for the job, it, I think it was not long. It wasn't. Um, I think in two months I had gotten the job. Yeah, that was because that was just because I got the job. But there are other jobs that I applied to that I was rejected. So, um, but for access, I yeah I applied for the job and. I think I applied at the time that they actually needed um, to employ people. So I applied okay. and I was called for, um, there were, I think there were processes. Yeah, where some online interviews and physical interview that I had to do. Yeah, so, um, but it, it didn't take so much time for me to get the job from, from the last job I had. Okay. Yeah, like, okay, okay, let me say from the time I applied, it didn't take so long for me to get the job, yeah. All right, that's cool. Um, what advice do you have for a newbie or intermediate whose dream is to work as a backend developer? What would be your advice for such newbie? Okay. Uh, for new people, I my advice, my candid advice is just pick something and learn. I mean, you say you want to be a backend developer, just pick yeah. one um, technology or one framework you, you know you want to focus on and learn it and learn it very well. So don't, um, one thing that people do even that affects even new, new, newcomers in the, in the community, one thing that they do is that when they hear that this, this one is out, 
they want to learn it when another framework is out they want to learn it they just try to have this breadth of experience so there's something called depth of experience that they just need to focus on so when you say you say you want to be a .NET developer or you want to be you want to learn javascript or you want to learn java as a backend okay. developer just pick one and learn it and learn it and learn it extensively just have that depth of experience it pays to have depth of experience and not the breadth breadth is that you want to learn these things and this and in the end you have 20 percent knowledge here you have 20 percent knowledge here. you have 10 percent knowledge you don't have the full knowledge but if you focus on one you would have you you you, you progress through, through it you have 20 30 40 50 60 and just like that so don't jump on um different languages and frameworks because you want to be employable companies have the tools that they want company have companies have the languages that they want so it's not that doesn't make make you employable it would it would hurt at the end so it's better that you have people on a lane and there is usually there is a company that wants that skill that you have learned oh okay um so um what language do you uh drive uh, so if you are doing backend development, what language are you uh, familiar with? Me, me, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, me, I write um, C sharp, which is okay. I didn't say earlier that I'm, I'm a .NET developer. I'm a .NET okay. backend, so I do C sharp. I started with Visual Basic .NET, then I left it and I started with C sharp. So. Currently, I, okay. I write C sharp. Yeah, that's cool. So you are uh, C, uh, you write C sharp, and yeah. you do the .NET framework. Yeah, and the .NET core and the families. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, uh, a lot of beginners are busting into tech these days. What do you think um? needs to be done to encourage beginners to learn programming and to continue learning what are those things that you need you think that we could do to help beginners um, learn programming languages and continue okay um i i think of i can think of two right now um right. one would be that one issue that make people not learn is availability of resources. Some people have the interest, but they are, they have limited resources. Could be that they have a laptop, but they don't have internet. Because okay. writing yeah, code requires research, requires internet, so it's not something you can just do offline like that. So, if it's possible to make available internet, maybe a hub that they can always coming to work or even for people who don't have the hardware like the laptop if it's okay. possible like that's what i'm just thinking if it's possible to have a place where they can come in and learn and have the, the materials have all the resources that they need and i think a lot of people who, ha who have that as their challenge would learn and, and keep learning then another um another thing that i al al always say to people to encourage them to continue learning is that it's, it's rewarding social development yeah. is rewarding it's not it's not it's not a motivational speech it's not inspired <laughs> <to ask. laughs> uh, 
what when you say it's rewarding, I want to know what you mean by it's rewarding. Are you saying it voluntarily as in money things? Yeah. It's rewarding money. Yes, that's what I mean. I mean that in, in like the long um, long term of it is rewarding. Like it's not based on uh, we are Nigerians now, based on Nigeria and the way the situation of unemployment and stuff. It's not okay. something that you learn and you stay unemployed for a long time. It's not as if getting the job is like an express or no. But it's not as it's not something that you would learn and stay jobless for a long time. Because I liken software development to to you having a skill, like you being a chef, you being a makeup artist, you you being an a, a fashion designer. It's a skill. It's not something you just go and learn in school. That's that's the reason. You don't have to study computer science or any computer course before you can be that. You can learn it. It's a skill. Even if you're not employed by a company, you can make any money yourself because you have the skill. And people appreciate skills. So it's that's the reason I said it's rewarding. You can make money off it, even if <laughs> Okay. On this side, um uh, uh, there's a lot of conversations about uh tech guys are uh, around tech guys being likened to oil guys. Okay, so tell, let, let me not be gender biased now. So te- tech guys and girls liking to oil guys and girls. So is it true that you can place both on the same level uh, on the remuneration per year, per month? Is it true that, uh, is that conversation true? At uh, Tech guys and girls like oil guys and girls. <laughs> hey, God. Uh, me, I've not done the research, and two, I've not worked in the oil sector, so I don't know. I don't know how much, how much, how much they earn in the oil industry, but I know there's a lot of money there. Uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> so is it that there's no, there's no much money in tech compared to the oil and gas people? To be candid, there I feel like the oil and gas people. It's basically, it's basically your opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what so. I feel. I feel like the oil and gas people are any more sure. That's what I feel. I don't know because I've not worked there. Or I also think it's dependent on level. So if maybe my level as a software person, I um and my level as an oil person, I don't know. I'm not sure because I, I I don't know. I've not done the research. I don't know anyone who works in an oil sector. Okay. Okay. So um, next question will be about imposter star syndrome. Sorry, imposter syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome is one problem developers face, especially newbies, okay. intermediate developers. Yeah. So um, this imposter syndrome uh, the limits the way they attribute, limit the way they deliver. Mm. So I want to ask, what is your experience with imposter syndrome? How did you manage yours? And what advice uh, do you have for anyone facing this currently? Okay. For um, me... My experience with it is, yeah, I've had to think that I'm not 
qualified to even apply for this job or i'm not I, I, okay or maybe i get a job uh, sometimes i think that what if i get a job i sure i can't be able to deliver it right <laughs> and i also see yeah. layouts in some of my some of my colleagues someone i know who got a job in a very big company and he was so speechless that he was he became scared that he, are you sure he's going to like he was like <laughs> he's going to be able to deliver like that it felt he, like a fraud yeah just like yeah, you have to find the company so um i think it's a normal thing it's just a feeling me i i believe it's just a feeling i believe it's just a feeling because in the end when you start a job you find out that you can actually do it and do more so yeah something that people always say when you say that you're you're not qualified when someone says to you apply for this job and you say you're not qualified for it same as the person who is going to get the job so you just have to apply and that and you find out that you can do it so what i've done over time with it is just to it's just to um just do it it's just to start it if there are things you don't understand if there are questions you have one thing I've, I've i like about tech is that people are willing to teach you people are willing to mentor you so no company is going to um employ you and okay maybe let me say if you don't deliver in a month and uh, there's no expectation <laughs> for you to deliver in a month though it's usually six <laughs> months so but there's no there's no way between um the time we got the job and six months that you you will not be able to deliver something you you can okay. So I, I believe that imposter syndrome is just a feeling, and when you start, you figure out that you can actually do it, and that you're not a okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, personally, you, um, the way I fight imposter syndrome is that I just see myself. Uh, let's say I'm in the room and I feel like a fraud in that room. Okay. So I just tell myself that every other person here in the room feels like a fraud too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. all of us are just trusters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm confident i'm the most confident yeah, <laughs> so um i know that you have a lot of projects that you have done over the course of your career so my question would be that which of your projects are you most proud of and um can you tell us about it and what what it does okay um the project that i did that i'm proud of is um a biometric project i did for a school for students to mark attendance using their fingerprint so it's a um, biometric attendance system so i'm proud because it's being used by um the people that i built it for which is the university okay so um yeah so that's why i'm happy about it i did it myself it's z and it's in use it's not um it's not part of like it's not a company project okay it was a personal thing so um just to digress are you sure they still use that um, project because of the corona because of the corona yes (laughs) 
I yeah, why not? COVID. I don't think COVID is gonna affect. So affect let, you mean uh, let's say someone that has COVID puts a hand on the scanner, and then the next person puts a hand, or maybe they will be wiping the scanner every time someone puts their hand. Well, thing is, if your hand is is has the spirit, if if it has the the uh, what's it called. You may not scan, you have you have to wait for it to dry because it dries as fast as possible. So it should scan and okay. Yeah, don't you know affect. Okay. Um what is the best advice someone has given you that has that has helped you in your career? The best advice someone has mm. given you. Maybe it's me that gave you the advice. <laughs> <laughs> It's on that you look up to that gave you the advice that has helped you greatly in your career. Okay, so uh oh which one can I think of? I I know I've got a couple of advices. But I can remember someone telling me that it's just like that imposter syndrome thing. Okay. It's just like the, the time when we're job hunting and getting rejections and ha- you start to feel like, man, does it mean that you don't know anything, all that stuff, and <laughs> and it feels like you're not just qualified for this thing. Even, <laughs> I can remember when I applied to Twitter and it didn't even take long. I think after two days, I got the rejection <laughs> and I was so frustrated. I was so angry. You, you applied to Twitter? Mm-hmm. I'm sure the CV, I'm sure my CV did not pass the ATS canal. The ATS canal would have flogged me. So that's another thing that we need to pay attention to the CV that we send out. So the advice was that we should just, like, it's normal. Letting me know that this is a normal thing that. Every other person who go through. It's not just me. It wasn't just me. So I shouldn't let it get me depressed. That it's just normal. And another thing was, okay, me trying to apply to Twitter, I'm like Twitter, like a whole Twitter. It, you feel that you're not, you know, rich. So, <laughs> but the advice is like, like I me, mean, just do it. Well, yes, just do. It. Like Nike. Don't feel, don't ever feel that any company is big, is too big for you to be in. Okay, okay, just do it. Don't give a damn about what people think. Just do it. Yeah. All right. Um. Second to the last question. What are your favorite programming tools that you use day to day? Maybe your code okay. editor, your there's a plugin that is um, most other stuff. Okay, I like um okay. Um for editor it would be that's IDE rather. IDE would be Visual Studio. And I also use Visual Studio Code, which is like um a lighter version. Um so well for my day to day activities I use Visual Studio. Okay. And I like it because it's really integrated and it has a lot of component. It has a lot of things that make the stuff easy. Although it 
Uh, um, that, that's my sense exactly. That visual is very big. That, <laughs> yeah, that's because of what it has. It contains a lot that will help making, that help um, coding easy. Yeah, it does. Another tool I like so much is Vishapa. That <laughs> just give you options. <laughs> okay. Vishapa. To, um, for different things but one one reason i enjoy one 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 place i enjoy with Shapa is um code um completion okay it helps in code and gives you suggestions of writing better code yeah that makes you code faster yeah and better okay finally what would be your message to women trying to get into technology what to be your advice? What to be your message? Mm, women, um, I would say that don't let gender, don't let the fact that you're a woman make you feel that no programming is not for you because some females feel that this is difficult and they they leave the difficult things for the guys. I mean, it's not difficult. I, I have, I have younger sisters. I have, I have three younger sisters, and and I just not long ago, I think two months. I don't know if it's okay, but I told them about programming. And if you are not, they didn't study um, computer science. They didn't do anything computer related. But they agreed with me. They picked interest and. Today they can code, they can write, um, at least they can design web pages. So the only thing that limits you is you. It's just your interest, it's just your decision. Just um, make a decision and don't think that it's difficult. It is not difficult. It's only difficult if you feel you cannot do it. Well, just make decisions that, I mean, no matter how, whatever it is, whatever it takes, I will go into this and I'm going to do it. So just do it. Okay, thank you very much for coming over to Code Can Podge. Nice to thank have you. you on our podcast. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining this episode of our podcast. This podcast is proudly powered by the Code Clan Nigeria community. You can join us on Twitter at Code Clan Nigeria. Join our Telegram group at t.me or slash Nigeria. If you want to learn how to code, you can join our mentorship platform at www.codeclanigeria.dev. See you in the next episode. Bye!